Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Build, Grown, and Joy this week here on BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. Lydia Kang is going to join us here in a few moments to talk about quackery. It is a heck of a book. We are going to go to her on Skype audio. Welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Get more information online at buildgrowandenjoy.com. And uh, Lydia Kang will join us here on Skype audio here in just a few seconds. Hello. And I believe there's Lydia Kang, our guest. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good, actually. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She is a doctor. She's a practicing internal medicine physician, and uh, she's with us today here on her broadcast to talk about quackery, a brief history of the worst ways to cure everything. And uh, Lydia Kang joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, first of all, before we get into the book here, tell us a little bit more on your background. So, uh, so you're right. I am a practicing physician of internal medicine. I'm a primary care doctor, so I'm the person who nags everybody to go get their colonoscopy and their mammogram and that sort of thing. Um, I have been practicing for about 20 years now, and maybe around eight, seven years ago, I started writing um, essays, poetry, got to dabble in fiction quite a bit, but Quackery is actually my first um, nonfiction book that I was co-written with a friend of mine, Nate Peterson. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us live here in her broadcast. And uh, Crackery is an amazing, amazing book. Tell us a little bit about the writing process for the book. So the writing process was interesting. So Nate and I are friends, um, and we came together and thought it would be really fun to write something nonfiction together. He's a journalist. Um, I like medicine, and I tend to bring a lot of aspects of medicine and toxicology and things like that in my fiction writing. And so uh, when he came, when he said, like, hey, why don't we try to write something about quackery, we were both immediately entranced because the funny thing is that in medical school, you don't get any classes on the history of medicine. You just learn about what to do right now and how to do it well. So I really wanted to explore more into the history of what, you know, of people who came before me and all the sort of wrong things that they did and the mistakes and the weird, strange things. So when we started researching, we sort of knew there would be a couple of things that would be obvious that we'd touch on. Bloodletting, leeches, lobotomies, stuff that a lot of people have heard about. But we were just shocked with how much came up in our research about strychnine and arsenic and mercury. It was pretty unbelievable. It was a bit shocking, some of the things that we found, and a little gross at times, I have to admit. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy to discuss her incredible book, Quackery. And uh, give us a thumbnail sketch of uh, how, how you put together this book and uh, a closer look at, 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 the, at the writing process and everything else, like you were saying. Got it. So what we did was um, we started making a big list of all the things, just 
you know, some very basic, very superficial research about what kinds of uh, quackery had been um, has been touched on in the past. Um, and we just started to dive a little bit deeper and began to uncover a lot more things, aside from the real obvious ones. We uncovered cannibalism and more stuff on bloodletting and enemas and all sorts of poisons that were used. And once we decided what we wanted to do, then Nate and I kind of duked it out, and we split the book down the middle. He chose um, half of the topics, I chose half the topics, and we just dove in. So as soon as we dove in, I would take a chapter, say Mercury, research everything that I could about them, and then just take everything, any sort of original sources as we could. And then we started putting together what we had into the chapters, but we wanted it to be funny. So we didn't want this to be some stodgy, kind of dry book on all the things that had been done before. We wanted to sort of bring it into a more modern light and have people laugh a little bit over it, um, get a little icked out about some of the things as well. Uh, so th our process was, you know, getting the stuff, putting it together, adding a sense of humor to it and making it, and we would just sort of tie it in towards the end about what we do today and how some of these old-timey remedies, which might have seemed, you know, pretty ridiculous, can on occasion still be used today. We've got a, a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Lydia Kang with us today. Quackery is the latest from her. Now, um, what kind of reactions have you been getting to the book so far? Um, we've had a lot of different reactions. Mostly, it's just a lot of surprise and a lot of excitement over the book. So the book, um, you know, hard to imagine on the radio since we can't show you, but the, the book is laid out in a way where there are lots of photographs, there are lots of... Um, images and um, pictures from the past. Uh, it's very colorful. So it's one of those things where you can l pick it up and read just for a minute and learn something really fascinating, really interesting, kind of funny um, at the same time. And so it's very, very easy for anybody to sort of pick it up, no matter what kind of background they have. You know, um, coming from a journalistic background as well as, you know, a medical background, we made we made it really sure that people could read this and have a lot of fun with it and learn something about the past without feeling like they were getting some sort of boring lecture. Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us live talking about Quackery, a great book that she co-wrote. Um, give us the profile of the typical reader who's going to love this book. Oh, you know, pretty much anybody, because honestly, I have never met somebody who hasn't been somewhat interested in their own health in some way. And I've ne never met somebody who had an old-time remedy that their grandma knew or their mom knew about, oh, I used to do this, or they used to tell me that, you know, when I had an earache, I somebody's supposed to blow tobacco smoke in my ear. I hear stories about this all the time, and it's amazing how everybody has some kind of um, tale about something that used to be done to them as a child or maybe to their grandparents that they recall and they knew, they know now, it's just ridiculous, but now they can actually read a little bit about it and find out, well, why did they think that that was a good idea? I've had people come up to me and tell me, hey, when I was a kid, they used to use mercurochrome on me, and that has mercury in it, right? And I would say, yes, it does, and it's off the market in the United States because it has mercury in it, and mercury is, you know, pretty poisonous stuff. Um, I've had people come up to me and tell me that um, they remember when they were a kid, being given cod liver oil or something else to make them throw up or give them horrible, you know, trips to the bathroom or something like that because that was the way that things were treated. And anybody who can tell a story like that or is a little bit interested in their health 
is going to find this interesting because the thing that ties this book together with us in the here and now is that, one, quackery is still here to stay. I mean, there's plenty of quackery out there on the market now. And two, we all want the same things that all the patients in this book, dating back to a 1,000 years ago and before, they all, we all want the same thing. We want to be healthy and stay healthy, um, and we want to live longer and have a really good quality of life, and maybe we want to be a little prettier. I mean, some of these things, these kind of incentives to be better or best selves, they never really go away, and that's why some of the stuff is particularly fun to read because you realize you have a lot in common with people who are just having a bad day and they just wanted to feel better and they reach for something off the shelf that now we know was probably really, really bad for you. We've got Linnea Kang with us today. She's talking about Quackery, her latest book. It is a fantastic, fantastic read. Why did you write this book and who's your target audience? So we wrote this book for everybody. Um, we know that there are a lot of books out there that talk a little bit about the history of medicine or strange things, but we wanted really anybody, maybe not young children, because there are some things in here that can be a little bit like, you know, much for a kid. But we wanted anybody to be able to pick the book up and be like, wow, I can't believe they did that. Wow, I think I remember my grandparents did something like this too. We wanted them to pick up the book and see that there was actually a time when they would give opium syrup to babies because the moms or the caretakers were tired of them teething and yelling and screaming, and they would give them these sort of you know opioid morphine laced drinks to put them to sleep because they didn't want to deal with the you know with the the loud screaming children. I mean, any parent right now can probably imagine they've felt that way, but the idea of actually doping your child up is unbelievable. Um, people who like to exercise and think about, wow, you know, there was a time when during the, you know, early 1900s marathon, somebody was doping themselves with strychnine to win the marathon. And we would never imagine in a million years that we would do something like this, but it was done. Um, things like, you know, gold, for example. It's pretty. People like to wear it as jewelry. A lot of people don't understand that for a long time people turn to gold as a means of trying to buy themselves immortality. They thought that if they could make a gold elixir, it would keep them alive forever, it would keep them healthy forever, um, and they would probably be shocked to find that there are still a couple treatments today that actually have gold in them. Absolutely amazing. Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us live here on Build, Grow, and enjoy. Check out our website, buildgrownandenjoy.com. And uh, she joins us, us with us today here on our broadcast talking about quackery. Now, um, this this book, incredibly well written. Um, what's the overall theme of the book? Well, I mean, I think the theme of the book is that there's a lot of stuff that we talk about that is definitely quackery. That's people who are selling stuff that's a complete bunk. Like it's just, it doesn't work. They kind of know it doesn't work, but they're doing it because they want to make money. But a lot of the book is really quackery as we see it now. Like looking back in the past, there's no way that we would put leeches on ourselves when we had a cold. There's no way that we would give our, give out a pint of blood and let ourselves be bled just because we had a pneumonia. Like a lot these things just don't make any medical sense today. And yet, Back then, it was considered okay. And so it was a very fun um, ride to go through a lot of these things that we know now just make absolutely no sense, but to find out why they thought it was okay, um, why it was being used, and to laugh a little bit with a sense of humor about thinking that, wow, they actually thought that 
it would be a good thing to say, have yourself bled, you know, do some bloodletting after you've had some hemorrhage. Like it just, these things just, they boggle the mind. Um, there was a, it, there's one of the chapters on cautery, which is when you take a burning hot iron and you burn it against your skin for different things. Sometimes it was for, you know, keeping wounds clean and dry or, you know, treating an infection. But sometimes they would burn like a red hot iron against you just because you were tired and that was the treatment for it. Or you had love sickness, like you just had a broken heart and they would just burn that iron against your skin because they thought that this was the treatment to go to when nothing else worked. So just really hard to believe stuff. And I think that one of the things that unites everything in the book is just sort of you read it and your draw will drop because you won't believe some of the things that we have done to ourselves in the past. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us live here talking about quackery. It is an amazing, amazing book. Who do you envision to be the potential readers for this book? Oh, gosh. Well, um, pretty much anybody. Do you, If you... Um, are taking medication for something right now, then you would love to read this book because you will think, wow, if it wasn't 2017 um, and it was actually 1825 uh, instead of this pill for this, uh, you know, bad um, pneumonia that I have or skin infection or high blood pressure, um, I might have the doctor ask to put 20 leeches on me instead or they might give me an opium syrup to just, you know, put me to sleep so that I don't complain so much. I mean, like, you never know what are some of the things that people had out there. Um, I think people who have an interest in how things today link to the past will love this book. So, for example, Coca-Cola. Uh, a lot of people love to drink Coke, um, maybe don't realize that there actually used to be cocaine in Coca-Cola, and that's partly where the name comes from. Um, I bet a lot of people would be kind of surprised to find that some very, very poisonous things like arsenic were once used as a beauty tonic. People would drink it to make their skin look nicer um, when, in fact, it probably did the opposite and poisoned some people along the way in their uh, attempts to get pretty. So, you know, people who are buying cosmetics for things um, will find that it would be surprising that we have things in the book that they would be shocked were actual treatments to try to beautify themselves. Um, People who love animals, because we have a chapter on animals. Animals were used in a lot of types of medicine in the past that are just pretty unbelievable. Probably one of the most um, infamous ones is snake oil. So if you ever hear snake oil or snake oil salesman, you can read in the book and figure find out why that came to be. And it really was about a gentleman who was selling what he called a snake oil liniment, later on got tested and didn't have any snake components in it nor did the liniment actually do anything that um, it said it was going to. Um, they might also be surprised that in the early 1900s and the 1930s and 40s, instead of Viagra, they had goat implants, goat testicle implants, and monkey gland implants to try to restore men's virility, and it didn't work because it was a complete sham. Um, so, you know, the the quest to have a good sex life, the quest to be healthy, the, the quest to be pretty, has not changed at all, and we get to see that in this book all over the place. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. It is an amazing, amazing book. She's chatting with us today about quackery. And um, what makes your book different from others like it out there in the marketplace? 
Um, that's a really good question because there are a lot of books on quack medicine or the history of like really strange things that they used to do before. And I think what makes our book a lot more different is it's really readable. Um, it has wonderful illustrations and photographs from the past. It has lots of beautiful bright colors and little side boxes of things. Uh, you could just open it up and read it for a few minutes and really, really enjoy it. Um, and it's funny. We tried to make it funny because Nate and I both have a sense of humor. And a lot of the stuff that we were reading was just so unbelievable and fantastical that we couldn't help but laugh at it because if you look at it from today's perspective, it's just pretty hard to believe. So from that perspective, it was really fun. And also, I think it's very different out there because it's very comprehensive. We don't just talk about surgery. We don't just talk about one person in, in history. We don't just talk about lobotomies. We talk about everything. And so we have chapters that cover um, the elements like mercury and gold and radium. We have um, a whole section on plants and soil. So we cover tobacco and cocaine and opiates. Uh, we talk about the tools, things like bloodletting and lobotomy and water cures and surgery and the history of anesthesia. We have a whole animal section that discusses leeches, cannibalism, and corpse medicine. That's one of my favorite chapters because it's so particularly gruesome. Um, we have chapters on sex and fasting and weight loss. Uh, we have a chapter on the antidotes as well as mysterious powers like light and electricity and magnetism and the magic power of the king's touch, which they used to believe could cure um, certain kinds of infectious diseases like tuberculosis or scrofula. So um, there's a little bit something in there for everything, I think. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. Quackery is the latest from her, and she joins us here on our big broadcast. Um, what do you want readers to take away from your writing? Mm, I would like them to take away that even though we can look back on the past and kind of laugh a bit at some of the ridiculousness, we do have to understand that a lot of the things that we are doing today someday will be obsolete and they will be very, very different. But we also want people to understand that quackery is very much alive today. Um, it's out there, and it's out there for a reason, because we don't have cures for everything and because we don't know, you know exactly Um, but we do want people to take a look at this and see that what might have been ridiculous to us now wasn't ridiculous then. And some of the things that might be offered to people, trying to get them to think that this is a different way of curing cancer when it's actually probably a terrible way, um, they need to have a little perspective and realize that some of the things also can be really quite dangerous, even if they're offered in a very slick manner um, just for the right price about different ways of doing things that have very, very poor research behind them. We've got a great guest with us today. Lydia King joins us talking about quackery. It is the latest from her today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, what's what's next for you as an author, and how can fans reach out to you? Oh, well, um, so I told you before that I do write fiction as well as nonfiction. Quackery is our first nonfiction book. Um, but I have written two other fiction novels that are out this year. I would love for readers to hear about them. The, the first one is called A Beautiful Poison, and it is a murder mystery that takes place in 1918. Um, it has lots of toxins and pharma for, uh, forensics 
and pharmacology in there. So people who like a really good sleuthing mystery like Agatha Christie can check it out. And then for my young adult readers, because I do write a lot of teen books, um, I have a book coming out on November 7th that's called The November Girl, and it takes place on Lake Superior, and it is about storms, and there's a little bit of romance in there, and some sinking ships, lots of sort of swoony, shipwrecky kind of stuff going on. Um, if you'd like to find me, I am on Twitter at Lydia Y. Kang. I am also, um, you can find me and send me messages through my website, LydiaKang.com. And you can also find Nate Peterson, my co-author, um, at his website, NatePeterson.com, as well as on Twitter, Nate underscore Peterson. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. She has a fantastic, fantastic book. It's called Quackery. Now, um, with with your books and, and especially a Quackery, do you have a specific writing style? Um, you know, my writing style changes dependent, depending on what I'm doing. So with Quackery, you know, we wanted it to be informative. We didn't want it to be dry and boring. And so we really tried to keep the writing, like, pretty peppy, pretty funny, um, and in these short snippets. And so you don't see these, like, you know, pages and pages with no pictures and um, just a, a kind of a, a boring, slow history of, you know, Mercury. We really tried to bring in a lot of stories of real-life people who were doing things that we could just be pretty shocked at. So there are a lot of stories in here of actual people that are in history um, who maybe made a couple of wrong choices about how to take care of themselves. Um, so that this has been a very different writing process for me. Um, with my other books, um, uh, fiction is just a completely different thing. It's, it has a um, different set of rules, to be honest. Um, my book, A Beautiful Poison, probably is written in a way that appeals more to adult readers because it's an adult book. Um, it has that sort of historical feel to it. It's very rooted in, um, you know, just past the Gilded Age type of era. And then my books for young adults tends to be um, a little bit different. There's always a little bit of romance in there. I like to bring some science and science fiction into it as well because I'm a geek at heart, and so that always enters into a lot of my writing. So it really depends on what I'm writing. I have to sort of change tunes depending on um, what the purpose of, uh, of what I'm writing is. We've got a great guest with us today, Lydia Kang with Quackery. It is the latest from her. She joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, um, what are some of your expectations for the book? What, what, what do you and your co-author have as far as expectations? Oh, well, you know, what we really hope is that this reaches a nice audience and people can pick it up, read some things in there, just become a little bit more educated about um, our big, vast, and grand medical history. Um, we also are hoping that people will be able to use it and share some tidbits with each other so that everybody can have a little bit of a laugh at things that we used to do. Um, and we hope that it gives people some perspective on uh, quackery today as well as modern medicine and how some of the things that we do in modern medicine really do have a root in history from a long time ago. Um, there are some treatments like arsenic, which are actually used for um, current chemotherapies for types of leukemia. And I think people would be really surprised to find that out and interested to see that um, some of these things are, uh, are really part of a long line of um, practices that go back sometimes um, to ancient times, for instance, some types of brain surgery. So I think people will get a lot out of this. We'll have a lot to share with each other. It's going to make a, a fantastic holiday book because it's just small and cute and very readable and extremely entertaining. And so most, mostly we really just want to 
um, educate people, but let them be entertained at the same time. Lydia Kang with us today. Quackery, it is the latest from her. Now tell us a little bit about Eben Byers, who was a wealthy industrialist. Tell us a little bit about this gentleman. So Eben Byers was this very, like you said, a very wealthy industrialist. He um, was a bit of a playboy in his day. And after one night of partying maybe just a little bit too hard, he fell off his berth on a train and hurt his arm. And when he was um, recovering from this, he noticed, wow, my arm's not getting better, my golf game is off, and his libido kind of took a nosedive as well. So his physician said, why don't you try this new medicine? It's called Radithor. It was like a tonic, and it was supposed to impart health and vigor. So he started to drink it, but he didn't realize, well, he did realize because it was a very hot thing at the time, but it had radioactive water in it. It had radium in it. So because even Byers was wealthy, instead of just drinking one a day, he drank three times as much because he could afford it. And the poor man um, at first started to feel better, so he was thinking this is great. He even gave it to his own racehorses. Um, But by the time um, he realized a little bit too late that it was um, pretty dangerous, unfortunately, he had to be buried in a lead-lined coffin. His bones were disintegrating. They were radioactive. He had abscesses, like infections in his brain. Um, He was almost mute. His jaw had to be removed. So he he just really just did terrible because he took this medicine that he thought was going to be bringing him back all of his health when, in fact, it actually ended up killing him. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It is Lydia Kang with us today. Quackery is the latest from her. She co-authored this book. It is fantastic. She joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, um, another story you have in here is a 1679 recipe for blood jam. Tell us a little bit about this. Okay. Well, I hope you all have a strong stomach. I think lunch is coming up for you guys, so I deeply apologize for what I'm about to say. (laughs) But basically, there was a time for quite a long time, for hundreds of years actually, that people thought that blood was a fantastic way to get healthy. Uh, You've heard of the term, you are what you eat. Well, some people thought, if I can consume another person who is dead, who was very healthy at the time that they died, then I can get some of that sort of magical health that was sort of still in their body. And so people believe that if you drank someone else's blood, this is just like a vampire movie, except it's not a movie, it was actually happening, um, that they could get healthy. So for example, um, when gladiators fell, Um, and died, people would come up to them and try to drink the blood that came off of them. Um, When, uh, for example, in um, the medieval times, if someone was hung at the gallows, um, people would go up to the swaying corpse on on the gallows, and they would rub their skin problems, like if they had a boil or a wart, and they would rub it against the dead body because they thought that that would actually make their skin problems go away. So for some people who didn't find that drinking blood was palatable, like they thought it was a little too gross, there was a recipe um, by some Franciscan friars in the 1600s for blood jam. And what they did was they took some blood, let it dry a little bit till it got sticky. They sort of would cut it into slices and let the watery part drip away and mix it up on a stove and then press it through a sieve of silk, and then you had some blood jam. 
Now, what they don't really say is how they ate it. Like I kind of joke in the book, like, oh, maybe they had it on crackers or scones or something. But I don't know exactly how they ate it. We just know that it existed, and it was part of many, many different corpse and cannibalism-type medicines that existed for centuries. We've got Lydia Kang with us today. She joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Quackery is the latest from her. And as we wrap up here with you, my friend, if people want to get a hold of you online or follow you on social media, how do they do that exactly? Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Lydia Y. Kang. You can find Nate Peterson, my co-author, at Nate underscore Peterson. And you can find us both on our websites, LydiaKang.com and NatePeterson.com. I'm also on Instagram at Lydia Kang. And um, you can also find us through our publisher's website, Workman.com. So lots of different ways that you can get in touch, to, touch with us. Feel free to tweet us or send us a message through our websites. We're happy to respond. Um, we're doing visits all around the country right now. I'm shortly going to be going to Cincinnati today, as well as in the future, um, Coral Gables, Florida, Austin, as well as um, Denver so and Baltimore. So we'll be around uh, the country. Stop by and see us. Get a signed book. We would love to chat with you. And absolutely chat with us online if you'd like to. Fantastic. Well, have yourself a wonderful morning. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Take Appreciate care. Appreciate it. Thank you. Lydia Kang with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. That about wraps it up here for our big program. We thank you for joining us. And uh, thanks for being with us here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.